0: I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 224th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about the week that was in gold, the week that was in silver, We're going to talk about a meh kind of market in uranium. We're going to talk about more exciting lithium news. Um, Then we're going to talk about J.P. Morgan and, you know, the amount of scandals that keep coming out of that outfit. But before we get into all of that, Mr. Hodge, how are you today, sir?
1: Not at the bottom of the
0: cold Atlantic, so doing pretty well. (laughs) Boom, boom. Not sure if it's too soon, but we can start with that if you want. It wasn't even on our little bullet point. List that we set up two and a half minutes before we start this podcast, but now let's talk about it, man. There's something to be uh, said about five very successful wealthy people um, deciding that it's one thing to decide that this is the adventure you want to seek. And and by the way, condolences to the family because uh, you know it's 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 June the twenty second, it's three fourteen p.m. Central Time, and so you know, they just announced that you know oxygen is done and they found debris and. They've likely all perished. So condolences to the family and their friends and other loved ones. Not to be insensitive, but you know, speaking just logically, it's 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 fascinating to me that five very obviously intelligent, successful people decided to get on a vessel where, from what everything that i read, and I take it with a grain of sand because of the media and, and and how careless they can be, but everything i read just suggests and points to very little due diligence and very lack safety standards for well, what was obviously a very very dangerous dangerous adventure and and you have to call it an adventure because this wasn't necessary um this wasn't uh, oh, there there was really no supervision outside of the people that were i hate to use the word negligent because that has legal implications but man if i'm a friend or a family member of these people that passed man do i feel like there's some negligence involved and so yeah i i, I don't want to get too much into it but condolences there Heck of an adventure to pick. Um, ugh, tough way to go, man. Tough way to go. It's never fun, and and that's a tough one. Any thoughts? Um, they, they died doing something exciting,
1: which is uh, more than can be said for for most people. Um, so kudos in that regard. Other people had gone and, and come back, so it's not like they were the first one to um, do this in, in this vessel. But um, uh the waiver seemed like it was pretty straightforward and mentioning that you could die. Um, and yeah, they weren't sanctioned or, or supervised and it seems like there were some, you know, safety measures or precautionary measures that they avoided or shirked, but that's neither here nor there, I mean, I just mentioned it because everyone's talking about it this week, right? It was sort of the news story of the week. And so that's why I, I brought it up. But you know, one of the interesting things I did see and, um, and, and a lot of people uh, were were talking about this, right, was juxtaposing it to the to the migrant boat that had mm. um, sunk off the coast of Greece and how that they were putting out a mayday call for a day and a half before they, you know, received sort of some help. And here you've got five people, you know, voluntarily going to the bottom of the ocean versus 300 people, you know, fleeing whatever living conditions they were in. And, you know, not to get all political or socioeconomic, but man, the world's militaries came out to find this fucking thing at the bottom of the sea. Right. And, um, it was a, a private vessel that ended up helping that, that sinking ship in the Mediterranean. So a good moment to think about humanity
0: and and priorities and how bizarre the world is. I'll take it one step further. Um, and I'll share this one day on the podcast. I'm not ready to yet. I'm almost ready, but everyone knows that last year, my mother-in-law unfortunately passed in April. My dad passed in July. This was our first father year, father's day. You know, without. I mean, in December I had an incident involving a very close family member in Mexico that wasn't the buttest to go through that. Luckily we were able to work through and work out in a way that was that was safe for everyone involved, or at least everyone on my side involved. Um, I say that to say that, you know, we're we're as Americans, right? I'm Mexican American. I come from two Mexican parents from Zacatecas. I was born in this country. Thankful for the opportunity, very proud of my Mexican heritage and ancestry. But we're neighbors with our neighbors in the South Mexico, and we can't even agree if people that are legitimately fleeing Mexico should have the right to legally petition for asylum, right? There is a legal process that allows migrants that are fleeing persecution, um, threats, kidnapping, rape, civil war, all the things that are going on in Mexico right now, which, you know, there's large parts of the country that are failed states right now. Um, they have eight of the top 13 most dangerous cities in the world right now. And I think um, the first seven are all Mexican cities, including, um, you know, our, 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 our city took uh, number four, so go us, right? Um, but we can't even agree to give those people a legal process by which they can prove that they're in danger, that they are legitimately fleeing, you know, death threats and kidnapping and rapes and extortion and all the stuff that's going on down there in a lot of Mexico. And again, like you said, you you know take these folks, and we got the military going out there. It's all over the news. Uh, and 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 one is by choice, and one definitely isn't by choice. And so, yeah, we could you know we could juxtapose this to a lot of things, right? I think you know mining, which is you know my bread and butter, and the way that I really make most of my money is investing in resource stocks, um, is inherently dangerous, right? And how many times do we hear of a mine collapse? And every now and then they make a movie about it, but. Um man, very rarely do we get any kind of intervention when something goes wrong there and we know people are stuck underground somewhere in some mine with a finite amount of oxygen left, you know, whatever whatever that time is. There's usually a reaction time where if 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 we just had the will, whether it's political will or like human will, <laughs> we could actually deploy resources and get out there. We rarely do that. And so again, the value of, of of certain lives versus others to me is absolutely worth highlighting. And again, it's no disrespect to the people that passed or their family or friends, but it is worth mentioning that you know those were people that, like you said, I, that at least hopefully they they you know they passed chasing something that was exciting to them. Um, for a lot of people, they're not chasing anything. They want a boring life. They want a stable life. They just want to be able to to, to be able to be free from threats and death and rapes and pillage. And very little to to, to, to no help and, and and even if forget sympathy, many times these same people are made the scapegoats of things, right? And so it's just interesting where we're at as a society. Um, we talk about the fourth turning often um, on this podcast. I can't wait for Neil Howell's book to come out. I'm really looking forward to reading that. Just kind of getting his thoughts on, on on the cycle and what he sees for these next, you know, seven or eight, nine years. Um anyhow, that's my rant on that. How we value life is fascinating to me. Especially from an American perspective and especially from someone that has a perspective of you know all of all of my friends and family back home that obviously are are near and dear to me and and with events and things that are still very real and tangible in my life and have serious you know consequences in my life. it's not like I'm disconnected from all of it, so anyway, that's my rant on humans and and life value and all of that
1: Well, yeah it, uh, it presents a good opportunity to reflect that's why i uh, brought it up. And, and to a certain extent, you know, depending on where uh, you were brought up, uh, where you live and and the values that are, you know, inherent because of that, you know, um, the, all that stuff, you know, it's like nature and nurture, right? Like the factors into how, how you feel about things. And clearly you know, these were productive members of society, right? I mean, they were taxpayers, they were wealthy, they were whatever they were. I do not even know much about them.
0: CEOs and yeah, yeah, yeah. Founders of companies. And And so,
1: you know, class obviously comes into it. Same with the miners, the same with the the poor people of of, of Mexico, right? It's sort of like um, that uh, class system, which has been around since, you know, time immemorial, since antiquity, right? There's always been a class, whether it's been the king or the you know, the clergy or, or whatever it is, there's always a, a lesser wrong. And, and we see it even here in the United States, right? With uh, you oh, know, yeah. the, the people living in tent cities and, and, and underneath underpasses. And um, it's one of those eternal debates, right? Was it uh, all their fault? Is it the government's fault that they can't succeed as society? Is it some combination of uh, both of them? Do they deserve um, you know, housing and shelter and insurance if they aren't paying into the system the same way that that others are, all those sort of questions, right? So anyway, didn't mean to get so deep in the first ten minutes of our weekly podcast here, but um that's but Hey, what we I was just thinking. gave
0: forward nine point <laughs> two billion dollars to go and boost US EV capacity. <laughs> Yay, let's get them batteries, right? Flint still doesn't have drinking water, by the way, since we wanted to get on a rent. You got me on one now, Nick. Blitz <laughs> still doesn't have clean drinking water, and those are taxpaying citizens, no matter whether or not you like them because they're darker-skinned or lighter-skinned or poorer than you are. Um, but Ford can just get $9.2 billion bucks, like, to go build some factories. Um, and again, I actually agree with the Inflation Reduction Act, which, again, the comically named Inflation Reduction Act. I agree with 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 the mission of it. I don't know if taxpayer dollars are exactly... Um, the way to achieve that. But again, if we're counterfeiting money for everything else anyway, then why not actually put it towards something that gives us a competitive advantage over a lot of our peers and helps us catch up to the Chinas of the world, which have been eating our lunch in the, in the critical critical metal space? Um, I'd much rather counterfeit money go towards a battery plant than, you know, a defense budget, which is grossly, you know, over bloated, right? Um but man, still can't find money for flit. Still can't find money for uh, you know just setting up a legal proceeding for people trying to live and stay alive and not be pillaged and raped and tortured and well, kidnapped.
1: You know, I, I think we're ultimately going to head down the path of uh, of a universal basic income, right? A, a, a UBI, yeah. and 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 not just because of the the homelessness yeah. and, and things like that. I mean, people can't afford homes. You've got thirty-year mortgage rates at that seven percent. I mean, even families with you know uh, two working parents can't can't afford homes at the, at that uh, mortgage rate. I was seeing somebody complain in this week. Uh, you know, these are kind of first-world problems. But you know, how about how they used to be vegetarian and uh, they can't they can't <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mean to they, they can't <laughs> buy the. The fruits and vegetables needed to sustain themselves relative to the prices for like cheap processed meats, right? Like they were saying, uh, whenever a box of strawberries or grapes is five or 10 bucks and you know, a, a pack of hot dogs is 99 cents or two bucks or something like that. Right. And so uh, things are getting very expensive and you're right. We're in the, the middle of a, a generational turning, but, um, nonetheless, you wonder what these next few years are going to uh, and look like as you know inflation remains sticky high as you know real incomes continue to to fall and as um you know people on a shoestring budget trying to to make both ends meet they're are struggling to, to pull those two ends together
0: yeah definitely getting tougher out there um oh long-winded way of saying let's be kinder to each other if you're you know, fortunate enough to be in a position where you're comfortable. Man, do you? Uh, I can't tell people what to do with their money, their time, their knowledge, their wealth, but I certainly feel a responsibility to help those around me provide opportunities to those around me. And that doesn't mean handouts. That just means giving people that want to work and that want to build something for themselves, you know, helping with that upward mobility that I think a lot of our, our politicians and governments around the world have done a hell of a good job of. of of diminishing that upward mobility for most people. So, you happen to be in a position of wealth, and then you're doing well. And if a million bucks doesn't matter to you tomorrow. If you lost it or, or had it, maybe there's something good you could do with it. Just you know, pay for some college educations, pay for some vocational schools, maybe help somebody get you know an employment opportunity that wouldn't other otherwise have. Maybe help somebody with a down payment on a house. I mean, these are these are little things that for someone that could just throw a million bucks out the window tomorrow and it doesn't matter it really mattered to a lot of people. And then, so yeah, be kinder, be nicer. The money doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you have it, if you don't, it can mean everything. Right. So
1: not sure how many of us, uh, have a million bucks to, to throw out the window. We weren't all in Patriot at 16 cents there, Gerardo. Uh, uh, I didn't, I a didn't
0: good, say it. I throw it out the window. I said I
1: would use it to help people. Yeah. It, a good a good chance to, uh, for it to <laughs> shamelessly plug ourselves, um, and you know this because I was talking about it with, uh, on our weekly call with our employees this week. But we've donated yeah. over thirty thousand dollars just yep. in the past two and a half years. Um, with just publishing, by just publishing, week, uh, away one percent of the the net revenue, and we let a different employee choose where that one uh, percent goes every month, and so. We've got a page up. Uh, You can find on Daily Profit Cycle that lists out all those different causes we've donated to, and it spans the gamut because um, different employees are are choosing. So, yeah, um, there's you know child abuse stuff and domestic violence stuff and kids advancement programs and sexual um, assault foster cares, yeah, animal rights shelters, definitely. So uh, anyway, we try to do our little part there.
0: I think we can all do our little part, whether it's a million or 10,000 or 100,000, whatever it is that wouldn't be consequential to you tomorrow if it went away from the bank account. I think maybe there's a way to allocate that um, to, to, to opportunities to help other people in whatever way you feel most comfortable doing that. So anyhow, food for thought. That's my uh, that's my plug for philanthropy. And, and with that being said, we touched on a few things there. We talked on Ford getting a $9.2 billion. It is a loan, but <laughs> still money being transferred from taxpayers to Ford. Um, to, to to make an investment in our critical metals infrastructure here in the U.S. But let's talk markets, I think. Uh, let's talk gold and silver, which got their ass kicked this week. Um, gold back down to 1914, still holding above critical support. I'll let you, because you're the chartist, talk about that critical support. Silver's being uh, walloped, right? It's trading now, once again, like an industrial metal, not like a precious metal. And, you know, I'm seeing, <laughs> I was talking with you off air, and I'm seeing even newsletter writers, and this is how I know we're close to a bottom, because even newsletter writer now, writers now are starting to complain. It's not just one; it's several um, about the markets and about the lack of liquidity. And, and, and they're spot on. You know, they, If you're just trading silver, if you're just trading gold, if you're just a uranium bug, um, this was a boring to very ugly week for you. If you're a lithium bull, if you're into... Um, you know, digitizing the commodity supply chain. We talked about Minehub last week. It was up over 40% this past week. Um, If you're into some of those plays, it was a pretty interesting week. And so there's more than one way to make money, folks. And I I, I keep trying to preach, uh, not to the choir, but to the people that aren't a part of the choir, that maybe are just gold bugs or just uranium bugs or just silver bugs, whatever it is. Look, Bitcoin may go to the moon. Silver, the solar panel shortage may would really materialize one day. Um, World War Three could break out, and gold could go to seven thousand dollars. But if none of those things happen, there's still ways to make money, folks. It, it it hasn't just been on our end of it, Patriot. Which you know, I should know. You also got in at a pretty damn good attractive <laughs> point, by the way, Nate. I know what you're turned, uh, for, for the
1: record, I turned down the 16 cents <laughs> I was
0: offered. Got in at 34. You're all right. No complaints there, sir. But there's been other plays, right? I mean, I don't want to talk about them on here because they they some of them are relatively recent here for subscribers, but they haven't been all winners because it's been a market where, you know, somebody had a, a stat that 75% of TSX venture companies are at 52 week lows. Not just share price, but volume. So that's very real pain for the majority of the venture exchange. But within that, there have been opportunities and man. There's you know, there's also a lot of opportunities to set up for a second half that I think is going to be profitable, exciting. There's a lot of compelling valuations out there that I think if if you really consider yourself a contrarian, and and remember, folks, that, that shouldn't be the popular thing to do. That's not what a contrarian means. Um, you should really be positioning, and I'm I'm talking my own book here, in in the copper space, in the uranium space. I'm comfortable with my gold exposure. I'm not adding to that right now, but that's because. I'm comfortable with my gold and silver exposure. There's a lot of opportunities out there right now. Um, And and even in the lithium space where, you know, a lot of the, for example, the James Bay plays, those haven't pulled back despite, you know, the recent forest fires. They've actually held up really, really well. Patriot actually made, you know, or came close to new 52-week guys It did it on the U.S. side. Couldn't quite break through on the Canadian side. But that despite, you know, the the fact that the fires are still going and we haven't got the amount of rain out there to, to really jumpstart the exploration season the way it will in the next week or two, hopefully. But um, more than one way to skin a cat, more than one way to make money out there. It's time to start thinking outside the box, people that are supposed to be giving the advice on this stuff. And then that includes us, right? Yeah.
1: Um, Gosh, I don't know what to talk about. A couple of things. I was (laughs) going to say, you asked about gold and um, uh, a little teaser. We'll have someone on this podcast next week who is uh, spends time exclusively in the precious metal space, so uh, we can ask him about technical levels and sentiment and uh, volume and and gold stocks catching a bit and all that sort of stuff. But
0: big um, baseball fan that guy is, by the way, and we'll let him on despite the fact that he is not a Cubs fan. He's still allowed, and he's a friend of the show, so he's coming on. I will not be here next week, everyone. I will be at Wrigley. I'm celebrating. Um, uh, we have a family reunion in Chicago every year that the boys and the wife and I go to. So annual pilgrimage to Wrigley is required, but that gentleman will be here next week. So tune in.
1: Yes. Um, and it will be hundred uh, percent precious metals. So, I mean, gold's at the, <laughs> you know, uh, at the level of support, uh, it needs to be, to be considered uh, a buy, right? I've been saying it's time to buy the dips in gold and 1930 1935 was that level we we've we have sort of a little bit below that now but not on a weekly um or monthly basis so we'll be really interested to see how gold ends the week here um and 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 how it ends the the month but um you know uh, in a very straightforward way I was buying more gold today in 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 my brokerage account you know yep. actual gold GLD or um don't do what I do DGP for example um that's like a leveraged gold fund but you know i think i think gold is cheap and gold volatility is uh very much subdued um i think that uh, longer term bond yields are starting to 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 weaken pricing in this um, economic slowdown that's still going to come to the 30 year uh yeah. started to break down a little bit uh, the 10 year yield didn't get back up to uh where it was a couple of weeks ago let me just Tell you so I get it right for posterity. You know, back on May 29th, the ten-year yield was at 3.86 percent, and it failed to get back up there. It failed at 3.85 uh, percent the second week of June, um, and now it's making lower highs. Currently at 3.8 percent, um, and so the ten-year yield is coming down a little bit, and and gold has obviously come down uh, along with it. I don't think um, that gold sell-off is is sustainable. I I, I truly think that. Um, you know you're going to get rate. economic growth closer to to 0 or 1% when the when the uh uh gdp number comes out on on july 27th and you look you're already seeing uh official recession in, in germany and the eurozone for uh example and 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 so i think this is um a, a good place to enter gold i'll give you a caveat you know if we do break down below that 1930 on the on the weekly or monthly basis i mean you could drop like a stone for a bit um so like the I don't know 1820-ish sort of level 1815 uh but there's pretty we're pretty strong support there I don't envision yep. that happening but that's what the chart says um I think these yields will continue to to slide down and and cold will catch a uh a bit and and, and as far as you know finding other things yeah there's um always a bull market somewhere is the same right and um if you do you' you got to put in the work is is what a lot of people don't like to do like um, I had, a, a plastic recycling company of all things that, um, <laughs> was bringing their first plant online, uh, no other really process to, to recycle polypropylene. And, um, we started buying that around, oh gosh, six and change, um, late last year with the, um, a catalyst ahead that they were going to bring their first plant online. And then several more after that, well, um, Delays, obviously, supply yeah. chain, et cetera. It finally came online this week and um, broke out above $10. So, Ooh. you know, that's not bad work, $6 to $10, and no. uh, a couple of months if you can get it. So, in a boring summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Any thoughts on silver? Other than clearly it's trading as an industrial metal again, and uh, the solar panel shortage hasn't materialized yet. And,
1: the solar thing is funny, and and I never <laughs> understood that. And like, I spent a lot of time on solar. I got into this whole investing thing on in clean tech, and, and looked at a lot of different panel technologies, yeah. et cetera. I watched them evolve. Um, you know, you were one big... of the
0: first to call out solar roads.
1: That's right. We still don't have those damn solar roads. And every time I see, uh, I won't name names, but every time I see people, you know, talking about solar and silver. Um, it's like wait, that's the thing. Like we're 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 hanging our silver hopes on on solar panels. Like that's not the right way to be going about solar. It's sort of a bit esoteric and idiosyncratic. But anyway, um, silver is 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 cheap as well. Um, I think, um, despite its you know uh, in, the industrial side of it has been uh, sold off to the point now that that it's oversold, and and I've been buying the. Uh, not the physical silver, but um, I've been I've been buying the miners. The the small miners are really cheap, man. Like, um, gosh, just pick a real liquid one. What do I see every day that's among the most traded stocks on the TSXV? Like Abrupta, for example, um, trades a ton of shares. is is super cheap That's a really high quality, high grade, the um, d- d- deposit. And you know, full disclosure, I'm a shareholder, but that thing's been sold down well below thirty some cents. Um, and you know. It, if you're a long-term believer in the, the silver thesis, if you think silver is undervalued right now, as I do, and if you think um, uh, silver stocks have been had been sold off too far, then um, you know there's a place in your portfolio for some of these things.
0: Yes, yes, and yes. And I'll give you a free name. And full disclosure, I'm not a shareholder yet, but I really like the CEO. I really like the technical team. I really like the asset. I think it's ripe for consolidation um, with the major neighbor right next door. And man, it's been beaten up along with the rest of the silver juniors. That's a Dolly Barden that was silver. Gonna guess. Man. Yeah, ticker symbol DV down to 63 cents. Um, look, can it go to 60? Can it go to 55? Of course it can. Will it matter in nine to 12 months? Probably not, because that's a stock that was headed to $2. If silver was able to break through that 26, 27 level in a convincing fashion and head when to moon. 30. When Moon, right? That's 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 the question that everybody asks on everything, right? Whether it's Patriot, whether it's Lithium, whether it's Bitcoin. We got to talk Bitcoin in a second. But Dolly and Silver is in excellent speculation on aggressive exploration. I think they're in the midst of a 45,000-meter exploration drill program. Not mostly infill, not looking for little 50-meter extensions. True exploration. Credit to Sean Kuhn-Kuhn and his team. Um, for taking this market and saying, we don't care. We raised the capital. We have the technical team. We believe in the land package. We believe in the silver space. We're going to prove it up right now. You could re-rate it later whenever y'all catch up. Kudos to that team and looking real hard, both personally and in one of my services here soon. I look too. I was going to ask you if I can guess what it was,
1: and I would have guessed it Dolly Barton for sure. Um, How high Uh was it? uh, Like four months ago or five months i, I, ago. Was I over believe $1.
0: well, 115 if i'm not mistaken yeah. and we could look it up here real quick just to be uh, factual just uh, to be factual but i could do it see 124
1: there
0: you go good job sir <laughs> you'll have to teach me your magic one day Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow dolly barton silver i think is a heck of a speculation let's start bitcoin um you know, despite the fact that the overall indices ended, I don't know if you have new commentary to add on the overall indices. I think, it, you know, on my end of it, my take is the same as it's been for the past. Same. Okay, so we'll just skip over. It's going to keep. You know, earnings are going to keep missing. Some companies are going to outperform. If the seven companies that make up fifty-four percent of the major, you know, exchange end up for some reason, um, outperforming, it's going to boost things up. If not, everything's going to continue lower, and there's going to be earnings misses and a Acknowledgement of the recession in the next couple of months as the data goes. Is that all accurate, Nick?
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, yep.
0: All right. So there's your major indices. Take Bitcoin, though. Bitcoin's looking all right. Bitcoin's winking. Bitcoin got some lip fillers. Bitcoin got some hair extensions. Bitcoin did the lashes. Bitcoin upgraded the shoe game. The bottoms look red. I don't know if they are, but they look red. Um, Bitcoin's up over 30,000 right now. I've, again, no, no. I don't care how much Bitcoin winks at me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to take it out yet. But, um, I mean, it's performing real well right now. It's looking all right.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Um,
0: <laughs> You're not impressed by the red bottoms on Bitcoin?
1: No, <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> gosh, look, it got to 30,000. I'm looking at the chart. That's why I'm not looking at you. Um, back in in April, right? And I was telling you back in April, like, it's not, it's gonna, it's the, this is gonna break down. It's not gonna break out much to the 30,000. And what happened? It got to, I don't know, 3129 it looks like, $31,029 in April. Just a little wick of a candle. And then, boop, they went right back down to 24000 000 uh, over the next two months. Um, oh. I'm not sure I'm not why it, it's catching a bid now. I mean, you've got a little bit of, of tech fervor with the, with this AI stuff. You certainly haven't had, you know, uh, the regulatory stuff go in its favor, given that the SEC is out here suing everybody. Everybody. Uh, Binance and, and, and Coinbase. I get that, you know, Bitcoin is quasi-regulated a tiny bit, and it's uh, been designated a, a commodity, but... Um, the chart doesn't say that that it's going to break out. I mean, it got there, got to thirty thousand in a hurry. It shied right back away. Look, it's already back down below thirty thousand. Um, it's uh it's a it's really a liquidity type of uh, investment as well. This is something Lynn Alden has talked about a lot. When you've got um, excess liquidity in the system, that it, it finds its way into Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's a really good barometer of that liquidity. Well, there's not a lot of liquidity out there right now. The nope. volumes have been down in the market. It's summertime. M2 money supply is down. The Treasury's still got to refill their coffers. We've got these student loans coming up here in September. Um, I'm not sure what this little Bitcoin thing is here, but um, if I were a betting man, I think you got a chance to buy it closer to 20000 again before 40000 for example.
0: So the red bottoms might be getting return. Huh? Don't scuff them up, girl. <laughs> Keep that receipt. It
1: was a Brazilian bump left. It was. <laughs> things leaking some cement
0: those aren't aging well by the way y'all i'm old enough to have seen them when they first got here and i'm just old them now to see them a decade later and the squads in y'all you don't need to do all that no judgments here though no judgments here
1: um uh, but, you know again, again let me cover my tail you know i own bitcoin it's you know it's yeah. not like I, I don't have a dog in the fight i mean i i own bitcoin and uh I would buy more if it got below 20,000. I've been saying 15,000. I'd like to get to a whole coin. I've said that as well, but I don't see that in, in this sort of macro um, environment. And I think Bitcoin's overbought here.
0: I like it. We talked about uh, the Fed counterfeiting money and the US counterfeiting money. And we talked about how Flynn still doesn't have clean drinking water. And you mentioned the SEC suing everybody. So I thought it was interesting to me that um, <laughs> the SEC find JP Morgan for deleting 47 million emails now this comes out a week or two after jp morgan settled um with some of jeffrey epstein's victims and again you know my brain is weird you kind of know it thinks in a kind of goofy way and makes connections sometimes where there are none but sometimes it makes connections that actually turn out to be true and people are like what in the heck were you thinking when you made that connection but Am I supposed to think it was a total coincidence that they settled with the Epstein victims like a week or two ago? It kept that hush, hush, and then over here, forty-seven million emails went missing, and the SEC is just going to find them for it. Like, how long are we supposed to just go out and like keep our head in the sand about this Epstein thing?
1: I think forever. They they don't want to to, to talk about it. They don't want to release the flight logs, the um even the government is, is now at it and J.P. Morgan's giving it back to the, the Bahamian government or that's where it was, right? In the Bahamas? Anyway. Yeah. Um, wherever the, the the island was, uh, J.P. Morgan's giving it right back to the government saying, like, you guys are the ones that, like, you know, turned a blind eye to, to this. You knew he was there and maybe not what was going on, but um, if we're complicit, uh, you're complicit. So anyway, um, I haven't dug too, too deep into the most recent settlement by jp morgan but there's certainly a reason they're settling um there's a reason that that you know uh the just you don't think they're just
0: compassionate to the victims because they had nothing to do with (laughs) it
1: (laughs) no no i don't um and yeah clearly the the government doesn't want you to um know the full extent of of what was going on there and um you know, we've talked about this a lot. And, and, you know, Rudy Havenstein is back on Twitter, by the way, too. And and one of the best
0: follows on Twitter, everybody. He's he's never giving up
1: the good fight. Yeah. He fights the good fight. He's always posting the stuff and look, everybody was involved. I mean, uh, if not involved, certainly um, adjacent to or tangential to, you know, given all the photos we've seen with the, you know, Clintons and, trumps and summers and you know israeli prime ministers or whatever it was and so anyway good luck getting to the bottom of that but it seems like these banks were were (laughs) clearly involved in some capacity and you know let's not forget i've I've told you that since i've had kids i've gotten off my soapbox a little bit when it comes to to, yeah the politics yeah and then the banking stuff but
0: look banks are
1: always doing shady ass shit man like and hey, what do you think the Swiss banks are are, are doing for terrorist organizations and then and, and drug cartels? HSBC was called red-handed, you know, yeah. laundering money for for drug cartels. These banks are um, you know, and notorious for, for doing that stuff and, and and not just for uh managing and facilitating the money of, of criminals, but you know, also for manipulating stuff. I mean, how many settlements have we seen for you know, putting your thumb on the scale of precious metals trade or for manipulating LIBOR, for example. I mean, um, these aren't nice people.
0: Yeah, there's a, there, there, there's a street legend by the name of Big Meech, right? Big part of hip-hop culture. Him and his brother out of Atlanta originated in Detroit. Anyway, in the 90s, they were just lavish. They were selling billions of dollars of cocaine in the streets, right? And they were doing it brilliantly if you look at logistics, supply chains, and transport, all of that, and you just throw the legality of cocaine right out the window, the operation was a brilliant operation. They ended up getting arrested. Uh, Big Meech ends up getting 35 years. But there's a line in a freestyle I heard the other day that said, you know, free Big Meech, who's been in for like 20 years out, said Big Meech didn't sell more cocaine or drugs than Big Pharma, right? And we've talked often about how Big Pharma, like the Purdue family, just gets to write a check and skate off into the wind with the rest of their profits, Um it's a crazy system out here. The last thing that I'll say, railing and ranting um, on our system is, did you read about the accounting error that accidentally sent an extra $6 billion to the Ukraine war and weaponry and support? an s- accounting error accident. let me repeat that because we're so desensitized to this shit, right? That we're just like, yeah, and there's aliens in Vegas and all the other stuff, right? $6 billion in accounting errors were missed. But man, don't declare that Venmo on your IRS statement and let them catch that shit. And you are in trouble, folks. It's a crazy, crazy system we're living under right now, Nick.
1: Yeah, I didn't read the entire article because like you say, so desensitized to it. But I saw it. You know, you think to yourself, "Oh, what's six billion a drop in the bucket over the, you know, trillion dollar defense budget and the thirty-three trillion dollar deficit or debt. So uh yeah. And and at some point, this is all going to come back to it. Right. You know, back talking about gold and, uh, you know, uh, resets and, and and kicking cans. And, you know, I think that's what uh, lots of folks are are, are are worried about.
0: No accounting errors for mental health. No accounting errors for clean water in Flint, Michigan. No accounting errors for, you know, all of the other things that maybe deserve an accounting error. It's funny how the accounting errors always end up being in favor of, you know, the defense industry, the military industrial complex, politicians, um, their campaigns and so on and so on and so on. Anyhow, back to the markets. Um, I'll be out next week, but I'll definitely be watching the markets as I always do. What will you be watching for, Mr. Hodge? Oh, Anything gosh. in particular? I
1: don't think so. We're, you know, in the slow days of summer, we're a month out from uh, GDP. We just had a Fed meeting. Um, no, there's not one thing I have my eye on in particular. Um, the, mm. the VIX is uh, getting exceedingly, um, the low, um, mm. it has much more upside than downside. You've still got, I think last week was, you know, record, um, uh, call buying in the, in the S and P like all time record high for volume. And it's the options, um, that, that dictate that VIX. That's what the, the VIX is, mm. is predicated on. And so. Um, I'm not sure how long this, the AI boom can last. Um, and it's so funny. Like, I, I I mentioned the chart of how many mentions AI got in, in conference calls. And it's like, I was talking about this in a, in a talk I gave to foundational profits members, like 110 companies mentioned AI on their, on their quarterly conference calls. So the S and P 500, you're telling me over 20% of the S and P 500 is focused on uh, or working on artificial intelligence. Um, no, come on, get out of here. Um, it's Same for, like ESG was two years ago, and you can look at the same thing. You can look at a chart of ESG mentions, and it peaks in late 2021, and then it comes yep. right back down. Like, people are mentioned in ESG on their conference calls anymore because they're mentioned in uh, AI. Huh. It's sort <laughs> of the uh, flavor of the week. Where was I going to go with that? Um, God, I was going to say something cogent, and know it, it slipped my mind. But anyway... Um wow. oh well, it was that you know uh, FedEx was out with earnings uh, this week missed on all their business segments you know wait. FedEx freight um it was down 18% um from the quarter a year ago and uh, their guidance for earnings per share for the year um they put out at like 16 and change and the street was expecting over 18 dollars <throat> in earnings so like not even close to what the street was expecting and don't forget this is the same FedEx that was warning, just like I don't yep. know, That's six or part- nine months ago, that we were headed into a global recession, right? I mean, and they're,
0: firing all their people.
1: Yeah, and they, they see all the global shipments and the the commerce, et cetera, and so and nonetheless, FedEx stock has been uh, doing good as well. But uh, again, I flipped on Bloomberg as I do when I heat up my lunch, and uh, the earnings, the FedEx earnings had just come out, and the, the, there was like four hosts who didn't know what to say. They were like, the one chick was like. I know it was a guy, actually. He was like, I'm scanning the press release here, and I don't see any mention of AI. And it's like, <laughs> that's the analysis we're getting on Bloomberg? Like, you're just looking to see if they mention AI in their earnings report? And so, anyway, it's 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 a bit humorous, and uh, it's a bit thin, uh, not just on the volume, but on the, you know, substantive backing of why these stocks have been going up. So, anyway, volatility, if i got to be watching one thing.
0: All right. I'll be eagerly watching... Um the weather report in James Bay and, and all of Quebec, right? Obviously we want the fires there to cease, uh, not just for exploration in Quebec and elsewhere in Canada, but because we want the, uh, you know, the fires to stop and, and and things to get back to normal out there. So hopefully we get some rain out there. Hopefully we get an announcement, um, you know, reinforcing the fact that it's an all clear for the companies that have announced like Patriot, that it wasn't all clear. And I should say, as it relates to Patriot, when they made that announcement, they were pretty consistent. I thought in that release and saying that, look, it's gonna take a couple of weeks for us to ramp up and, and, and get back, you know, to full exploration anyhow. So um news on that front saying that the rain has 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 made everything okay would be welcomed as a patriot shareholder, as a shareholder of other James Bay plays. I would love to see that as well so they could get on with the summer. I think an exciting summer out of James Bay awaits us, lithium speculators and shareholders of the region. And what else I'll be watching? I'll be watching gold. I'm curious to see if it holds that support. I think it does. Um, I think, I think, I think it really does. But well, what I think ultimately won't matter. I'm supposed to remind you all to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to leave all your comments, never miss updates, get everything straight to the inbox. And speaking of comments, Nick and I are kicking around an idea of potentially doing this less often. So we would have less therapy because that's. What I need anyway, right, is less therapy. Um, so you'd probably end up with twice as long uh, rants and raves for me. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for y'all out there. But anyhow, leave your thoughts and comments on whether a every couple of week podcast or every month podcast would be something that is more appealing for you folks out there. Or if you enjoy the timeliness of weekly commentary from Nick and I. We're also kicking some other ideas around in regards to the podcast that might make it exclusive to our paying subscribers for a week first, um, being that they are paying subscribers of our other publications. So an incentive there um to come on board on that front and 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 kind of, you know, pick our brains for 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 your dollars. So that's uh that's it. That's all I got. Anything to add to that, Nick?
1: Well, we've now done more episodes than Seinfeld. So um we're gonna have to start thinking about, you know, where this content is going to come from.
0: Uh, Hopefully, we have more substance than Seinfeld did. (laughs) The show about nothing, right? No knock on it. Hugely successful. It did it beautifully, obviously. And and it obviously provided a lot of laughs to a lot of people, but very short on substance. Anyhow, I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nigaj. This was the 224th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Kind out there, everybody. Have a great, great week. I'll see you in two.
1: My heart will go on. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.